because the world has has had plenty of religion thrown at them. But when you are when you are so transfixed with something that your gaze is just there, it, it's um, captivating to other people. And yes, I just said y'all. There's a reason for that. We'll get to that in a minute. And yes, by now, hopefully this New Year's thing isn't news to you. But I mention it because, well, it's January and that's what we talk about. Because, yeah, it is a new year with all kinds of new opportunities. And some of my favorite opportunities are the ones where I can revisit some great experiences I've had in the past, then build on them. Mm-hmm. Like, say, hey, visiting with none other than today's Isle of Misfits guest, Shelley Rushing Tomlinson, who, for those of you who are keeping score, was with us a while back, and she was so delightful and fun. I knew right away that we needed to have her back, and wouldn't you know it, here she is. So, Shelly, that means you either had fun, too, or you forgot and booked anyway. So in either case, I'm thrilled to have you here with oh, us today. Oh, that was charming. I love that. No, the answer to that is, A, I remember having a delightful time. And so I booked purposefully so that we could enjoy this time again together. Well, I am just, I'm as thrilled as I'll get out. And if I was a Southern girl, I would insert some sort of Southern phrase there. So you're going to have to help me with that. Um, Hey, that was a really good y'all right there. That was a good start. You threw in a y'all before we even opened this thing. Oh, bless your heart. See, there I go. (laughs) You're back a thousand so far, Nancy. Okay. Hey, thanks. I know. I'm going to go over the top and then I'm just, you know, going to ruin it all. But uh, before I do, on the way there. So last time you were here, I believe we talked about uh, a book you wrote. It was a devotional book, right? And it was uh, was a devotional book slash cookbook uh, called Devotions for Hungry Souls. Um, yes, I thought we had visited actually about my storytelling cookbook, but you are correct. We visited about the book after that, and it was a devotional. And of course, I had to slide some recipes into the middle of it because it was all about feeding our spirit and our body. Of course, of course. And we need both. And yeah, those recipes were amazing. Um, and today we're here to build on that with uh, with a brand new book that you called Finding Deep and Wide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this book, I'm so excited about releasing this one, Nancy. You know, I think we um, we do that as others with all the messages that are on our heart. You know, the, the one that's releasing feels so important. So I'll probably sound overdramatic when I say this, but this one feels like the whole reason that I do everything that I do. I mean, that's how this book feels to me. So thank you for the opportunity to bring it to your audience. Well, hey, I got to tell you, just like, you know, a few moments ago, we were discussing before we hit the record button that the timing, I love the timing of, of reading certain books, you know, and the timing for this one for me, mm-hmm. what you just said, yeah, where where I am right now, this is the message that I need to hear. And I'm pretty selfish. So, I, you know, I could say, yeah, this was all just for me. But I'm also, yeah, I'm, I'm astute enough to know that maybe there's a few more, lots more people out there that need to hear this message too. Because 
I find that when the Holy Spirit is speaking, and by the Holy Spirit, I mean, you know, when God is speaking, Mm -hmm. he speaks, yeah, he's very extravagant. He'll speak to one person, but he's speaking that same message, I think, to anyone who, who has ears to hear. And we see it all the time, don't we? The way he is so kindly remedial with us. He just he says it and then that. he says it again and then he says it from a different direction and then we pick it up and we read it somewhere and through all that we hear a theme coming through and I, I appreciate that quality in our God that he is remedial because remedial me you know, I need to hear it many times to get it. And so I'm so grateful that he does do that. He just layers the message over and over. And I feel like this message, Finding Deep and Wide, the subtitle is Stop Settling for the Life You Have and Live the One Jesus Died to Give You. And I believe it's what he's saying to all of us today, that there is so much more available to us in Christ Jesus, this wonderful gift that he gave us than, than what we're experiencing. And of course, you know, Nancy, I always love to qualify that by saying um, what I mean is wherever you are, because someone may be so far ahead of the journey than I am, or they may be at some point just getting on, um, you know, this journey with Jesus. But wherever we are, there's more. And that's what I feel like God's calling us to. The more, the more, the more. Yes, yes. The because- more is Jesus. He's the more we're always looking for, right? Right, right. So, okay, a few things that you said just jumped out at me. First of all, the remedial thing. Okay, I'm right there in that remedial mm-hmm. class with you. Just so you know, you know, I'm not going to put any caps on us, you know, like Why? in old school. But yeah, I need that constant reminding as well. And then what you just also said that the more, you know, the more is Jesus. And there's a phrase that that I think started out your book that mm-hmm. uh, that speaks to this. Actually, the the flip side of that phrase is living a less than life. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I talk a lot about less than living in this book to set up the message and where I'm going. And by less than living, I mean, I mean exactly that, that we, we live below our birthright. If we're believers in Christ Jesus, we live below what's promised to us in the Bible. I don't believe it's intentional. I, I don't think we set out to do that, but we we come to faith. And for me, that was at an early age, hence the title of the book. You know, I came to Christ as a little girl sitting in a little bitty chair in a little country church classroom, listening to a Sunday school teacher. And we sang a song called Deep and Wide. Um, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide and I sang that song and I believed every word of it. But I think that my journey is much like the body of Christ. We come to the Lord and we believe and then life starts coming at us hard and heavy and we settle. We we just kind of, we believe, but we settle with where we are. Um, If you can picture it, uh, folks, as coming inside a building and just like you step inside the door, this is what we do when we're born again. When we come to faith in Christ, we just step inside the door. And for many of us, life starts coming at us and we just stop right there. We just camp. 
And that is less than living because we weren't meant to walk this thing out alone and just like try to keep believing while we're juggling all the balls. No, the Lord knows we're not perfected. He knows we we don't have it together more than we do. And so he is saying, I want to walk with you through this thing, the the good and the bad and the hard and the wonderful and the holy and the, the terrible. He wants to walk through all of it with us. And that is what make, gives that, that's the deep and wide life. But if we stop in the foyer, we never experience that. Well, okay, so now, again, a couple of things that you said is like, okay, the way, what you, all right, so what you just said about getting in the foyer, or, you know, like I've always thought of it as, okay, this mentality of faith, all right, faith gets you in the door, grace gets you to the, in the door, right? Okay, what? and then and then, and then then you're on your own, pal, okay? But, but. <laughs> But no, and it, no. it takes, it takes, you know, for some people, it takes a lifetime to unravel that and figure that out. And hopefully, hopefully it doesn't have to take that whole lifetime, um, you know, that, that we have, that we're on our own, that we have to keep juggling the balls and doing this. And the other thing you said, this is a word that I'm noticing coming up a lot lately. Um, and I'd be interested to hear if, if it's coming up a lot for you too, but the word with you said with i've been hearing that so much that god wants to do life with us not just us doing things for him oh amen i mean that just put a period right there i mean that is the gospel and it's the truth and it's the message of this book you know what we fail to apply when you you mentioned that grace that we know that when we come to faith in christ jesus that he did it all. Like he prepared the salvation. He prepared it all through Christ Jesus. And we simply believe we understand that type of grace. We understand that. What right. we, we fall short of and what we struggle with is applying that grace to the rest of our Christian life. And we we apply different standards to the rest of our life. Like if I'm doing really well, God loves me. If I'm doing this or that, and we start doing all these weird things crazy checklist type of things for his, um, I want to call it like his friendship or his fellowship, his communion, you know, that, that awareness of God, what, however we would put, um, a description to that, we kind of qualified that by how well or how poorly we think we're managing this Christian life instead of applying that same grace that saved us is the grace that's keeping us. And Jesus knows that we cannot live for him. And here comes your with word. He knows we cannot live for him after we come to believe unless we live with him. And and we are the ones right. that are supposed to figure that out. <laughs> right, right, so right. We just try to do it. We struggle through it. And I'm just going to try. I told I, I had the privilege of speaking at my home church yesterday in advance of the book launch. And I told them that oftentimes, you know, I'll speak somewhere and I'll hear someone say, afterwards you know with and and i can tell their hearts in it and they'll tell me i'm oh i loved what you said and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna try so i'm gonna try harder to do that <laughs> and i just want to cry yeah. and i just want to wrap them in my arms and say oh don't try harder to do better that is just a slippery slope and i want to encourage them instead of trying harder to do better feast your face on jesus just just look at him, treasure him, read his words, talk to him. The more you feast on him, the more you will 
do better in your words, but trying to do better, oh, I have been down that road, and it is a dead end. Right, Nancy? Mm, oh, Shelly, that's, that's good. That's good. The things that you're saying are so good. And the thing is, we mean well, don't we? I, I think, you know, that, you know, bless, bless her heart, or I'm assuming it was a her, right? And I'm, right. I'm speaking was. Southern again. Um, but I think... A lot of people are there. It's like they mean well. They they don't yeah. they don't mean like oh I, I want to be a religious person, but yeah. it's kind of maybe for whatever reason the way we're brought up or the culture that that's evolved somehow in these circles is okay. You want to show how much you love Jesus. You want to uh-huh. be obedient, and all that stuff is true. But it's like it's kind of like putting the cart before the horse and saying that God is more interested in our behavior, and yet. It's kind of as if we forget, well, wait a minute, didn't Jesus kind of point out to the Pharisees, yeah, your behavior is, it's spot on. You're doing all the, you're doing all the things. You're living all that 614 Mm -hmm. Levitical laws, but it's not that, I'm after your heart. I'm after your heart. And when we try that um, us-powered obedience, you know, that I'm just going to do better, I'm just going to do better, and then it is such a setup for failure. Right. And oh, yes. Jesus living with us means that, that that obedience, because obedience is still, it's it's crucial, but what we, we just, we need to grasp is that it's God-powered obedience once we come to Christ. It's Jesus inside us, and when we yield to him and say, help me do this, or, you know, help me make the right decision, help me. And when we're turning to him, recognizing that we didn't just need him when we came to faith, we need him constantly. So when we're recognizing that and we're owning that and we're going to him at all times, he powers that obedience in us. He enables us to do those things that we're wanting to do. And the more we live with him, suddenly we realize we're, we're doing the things that he wants us to do but it's not because we're doing it um you know as a as a we've got to try a harder thing but it's because we're doing it out of just pure love he has begun to transform us just like he said in his word from the inside out okay so wait wait so what you're saying then <laughs> is it it's that same grace that got us in the door that keeps us going <laughs> we don't yes. have to just let it go That's and say okay. yeah See, wow. we just go, we think, okay, now you you saved me, you got me in the door, and now I've got to do this thing right to show you how much I appreciate it. Right. And I can just see our sweet father, like, shaking his head, like, no, 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 you're going to have to have my son. You're going to have to lean on and rely in and trust on what my son has done in you to walk this thing out. And it's quite an adventure once we we realize, oh, wait, I have a partner. <laughs> I have a partner to walk this out with me. And we begin to rely on Christ Jesus. You know, when someone says to me that the Christian life is boring or, or bland or, you know, they, they need more excitement, I, I want to giggle because I'm like, okay, well, then you don't know Jesus because there is nothing boring about the Christian life when you're leaving it submitted to him and he's leading and you're just following and trying to catch up and stay up and, you know, just hear what he's saying next and where, where you're going next. It's a wonderful, adventurous life with Christ 
Um, and I, I feel like I should stop at that point and say what I didn't say just then was that it was trouble free. We can go mm-hmm. that direction if you want to in a moment, Nancy. But I'm saying that in the hard and in the challenging, the adventure is still there that Christ Jesus is in us to help us to walk with us in those hard times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, and and I, I hear what you just said. And yeah, maybe we should explore that. But before we do, so I, what, what I'm also hearing, I'm hearing people saying, yeah, sign me up for that. I want that. I want to hear from God. I want that kind of life. And then the next question that immediately rushes in, because mm-hmm. I know how I think. And so I think other people are similar. How on earth do I do this? Right. And so, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to let you talk in just a minute because that's what you're here for. But I'm going to answer it with your words because actually um, this is this is a quote. I'm just going to pull a quote from the book because I think I think this speaks to it. Um, You talk about you say one of the reasons we live at a distance from God is rooted in this secular slash sacred mentality mm-hmm. uh, and that you mentioned it before um, it's our unspoken misunderstanding that God built shallow activities like eating drinking waking and sleeping in our lives as filler around the holier moments when our oh so common activities are as potentially sacred as mm-hmm. Easter Sunday and you go on from there but I think I think that's an important quote because to me that's kind of speaking to well all right yeah I want to I want to have this life with God, but how do I, you know, so I just go to church all the time. I just sing worship songs all the time. Is that how I do it? Or, or is there more to it? So now I'm going to shut up and let you talk. <laughs> well, can I amen those words that you read? I mean, <laughs> you can, because you wrote them, <laughs> but I've got to amen them. And, and I'm giggling because uh, I just wish that I could open my heart up and people see that I, uh, that my sincerity when I talk about that comes from a place of having inadvertently, subconsciously partitioned my life off so long into what um, I call, and you read the words, a secular sacred divide. So I kind of want to unpack that a little right. bit. Please and what do. That, what that means, Nancy, for me is that we we do this thing where we divide our lives and again unconsciously into areas where we expect to hear from God and to um, be in God's presence and you know to maybe experience the Lord moving on our hearts we we have places where we expect that to happen and and so we are expecting God in church like you said or maybe in the morning when we're reading our Bible or having a devotion and that's our God time. I have air quotes around that. So we expect to hear from God. And then we get up and we go into the rest of our day as if the God... Now I'm going to go to my real life. Yeah, yeah, my real life. (laughs) You know, as if the God of the universe isn't still right there with us. Exactly. And so that is the secular... That's the secular part of our life. So we have like our sacred part. This is over here where I go to church on Sunday morning and I expect to hear from God. But now I'm standing in line at the grocery store and I'm in my like real world, my (laughs) secular world. And we're not saying a place where you're doing anything, um, you know, that the Lord would frown on. We're just talking about your life. You know, you're going around, walking around, getting up, lying down, sleeping, eating life. But if we allow ourselves to put boxes around there, then we're not listening for God. We're not expecting him then. So it's as if the door is is wide open, but we've closed it on our side because 
you know, I, I don't, I'm not looking towards you. So in the book, I talk a lot about this, this word that sounds ancient called beholding. It's in Second Corinthians 3.18. And I, I like to keep using that word because it means seeing and looking, but it means it in a different, a deeper way. It means um, looking as in, hey, Nancy, stop. And look at this. You know, it's very much of an intentional looking. And the Word of God says that if we behold Christ Jesus, that we are turned, we are changed from image, from glory to glory by beholding Him. So that beholding means I'm just doing what I'm doing throughout the day, but I have my mind trained on Christ at the same time. I once told a, I know I'm talking really fast, but I've got to get so much in. I once told a, a young girl, we were talking about this process, and she was trying to get the idea of, of what how how you could behold the Lord while you're doing something else. And I said, but we do it all the time. Sure. See, we're just beholding other things in our mind while we're washing dishes. We're, you know, right. what just went on at, in the business meeting earlier today and rehashing all that. But it's a retraining of our mind instead to think on Jesus while I'm washing these dishes. You know, I'm walking down the hall and I'm going to thank you, Lord, for blah, blah, blah. And I just, that constant communication. And it, it doesn't happen um, like automatically when we come to faith. As, as I mentioned, I spoke at my home church yesterday, and I explained it this way. I said, we don't become like these passionate God lovers when we come to faith in Christ. That's the misconception. What happens at conversion is we become possible see he brings mm. us to life and we become pot it becomes possible now for us to be this passionate god lover so we partner with christ jesus and we just keep him on our mind and we just behold him and and that um again we can that's all unpacked in the book how you can do that and live that type of life of beholding him and it does not require you to go to a mountaintop and you know set cross-legged and hum i mean <laughs> none of us can do that yes, you know. as attractive as that sounds as yes as attractive as that sounds we can't do that we are all i mean i'm a, a wife a a daughter um, Helping my parents who are getting to their uh, elderly years. I'm a grandmother of soon to be six. I'm a farmer's wife. I mean, I'm not sitting on a mountaintop, but I'm encouraging us to understand that we don't have to. We can engage with this father of ours through Christ Jesus all day, every day. And right. we don't have to be sitting in our devotionals. So when okay. we walk, when you get when you pray and you 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 say amen, you know, just think of it as I'm not walking out of prayer. I'm walking in prayer. Get up, go to the shower, go do whatever you're doing, but keep your heart turned and your eyes turned to the Lord. And behind. it is sort of like an ongoing conversation throughout your day. Yeah. So Hi. so okay. So all right, I love me a good retreat, just like the next girl. And and. That's great. You know, you're talking about the mountaintop experiences, and that, that's all good. So I know, you know, neither you or I are knocking that. That's great to have yeah. that time every once in a while. Right. But what you're talking about, actually, what I love about this is one of our core values here on the Isle of Misfits is to look for beauty and truth mm -hmm. everywhere. And, yeah. you know, you just use that word behold and that intentionality of it. So mm -hmm. that that's exactly what... Mm -hmm 
what you're talking about is keeping your eyes open, keeping your ears open, and being intentional about looking for those opportunities where God is speaking throughout the day. And yes, he speaks through the word. Primarily, he wrote that word for us so we could hear directly from him. Um, but he's also okay, so speaking. Everything yeah. you just yeah. said. Every, can you just like maybe put P.S. Find my all my books and write them right, right, right. <laughs> wherever you find them because everything you just said is exactly what I was trying to say. <laughs> oh no, and you said it beautifully. So I'm just saying as a setup to, but I think we I think we end it there and we say, well, that's it. So yeah. now I got to take it and apply it to my day. When mm-hmm. the reality is all day long. God is speaking through our circumstances, through our friends, through our maybe not friends, through the girl at the checkout line or through, you know, through whatever, through the something we might hear on the radio or, you know, he's he is speaking to us through nature, through creation, through, you know, through a puppy named Mercy. Why am I talking about that? You know, so maybe maybe you want to explain that or maybe they should just read the book. But he's always speaking. If only we would open our ears and eyes. Oh, I love that. It's one of my, one of the things I say all the time, it's like you're traveling around with me. I tell people all the time, God is always talking. I mean, his name is the word. (laughs) He's always talking. It's just whether or not we're always listening, right? I mean, exactly. That's it. Yes. Exactly. So I'm going to quote you one more time. Uh, This is the shorter one, but you say every moment we spend with God is holy because Mm -hmm. God is holy. And wherever we are, he is. I mean, yeah, that's when we make it right. We're like, I do not know how to walk with God twenty four seven. Yes, you do. You know, you you just hold him in your thoughts and meditating on him and keeping stay in conversation with him the way what we we if we would think of it this way, we're always in conversation in our heads. I mean, generally with ourselves. You know, we're Mm -hmm. talking, Shelly, why'd you do that? I don't know. Yeah, we're, we're there's a running monologue at all times in our heads. We're having a conversation. Uh, replaying a conversation we have with someone else, I'm advocating just retraining our minds to stay in that conversation with Jesus all day and to recognize how much we need him. I have a note on my desk right now that I'm looking at that says um, our greatest strength is owning Jesus as our greatest need. And Mm. it's just, it's truer than true. When we live recognizing how much we need him again not at salvation but thereafter when we just own that need and we just run to him he never says oh nancy you're back i thought i thought we talked about this (laughs) you know he does it he just if if you come back and say oh i need more patience for this i need more this for that and he he never rebuffs us because he knows that we're dust he knows that he put the Holy One in us and that we must resort to him constantly in order to do um, what, you know, to live this life as he intended for us to live it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And life, by the way, that recommends him to others. It's the life that is constantly that is just transfixed by him and who he is and what he's done because the world is has had plenty of religion thrown at them but when you are when you are so transfixed with something that your gaze is just there it, it's um captivating to other people like why why is that taking you so much you know what is that there and so 
just without effort, our lives become an avenue where other people can find him when we are just, you know, treasuring him and choosing him as our greatest treasure, then we become that beautiful conduit. And it's not because we're browbeating anyone or, you know, just force feeding them because that never works. But our lives transfixed by his. Yeah, they work. They draw other people to him. Yeah, sounds sounds kind of biblical, the things you're telling me, Shelley. You know, in him we live and we move and we have our being. This whole idea of, you know, our greatest strength is tied mm-hmm. into our greatest need. Where have I heard that? You know, like <laughs> in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. So, so here's kind of where I want to land because pretty much everything we've been talking about, this is great news. This is really, really great news, especially for those that you know that have made this that that have been transformed already that have met jesus and believe it and yeah this is the life i want to live so they don't have to keep living this religious life that's great Mm -hmm. but i know there's some people that are like okay you know i'm i'm listening because there's some good things here but i'm not really sure that you know this Uh whole jesus thing so how Uh does this play out for them oh my gosh Okay, you know what you just reminded me of? There is a scripture. Okay, I'm just going to have to say Matthew, guys, and I can find it later, but not while we're online, so anyone can email me. Okay, there's um, always Google. They can look it up, too. On, so, yeah, right? yep. <laughs> and, um, or find me on social media and ask me a question. But Exactly. Um, you know, Jesus said, if anyone thirst, come to me. He stood up at the mm-hmm. feast, and he mm-hmm. said, if anyone thirst, come to me. Right. And he said, out of your belly will flow living waters. Okay, so when we look at that and realize that Jesus did not qualify that, and and now I'm speaking directly to that person that has not yet, um, you know, given their life to Christ, has not bought in, has not said, that's what I need. But we all know that we're thirsty, that we're reaching for things. We're reaching for things around us to satisfy us. We're reaching for what we can have for our best life. What does that look like? And we're just, we have these cavernous hearts that are just, you know, can't get enough. Jesus says, he doesn't say if you're thirsty for me. He doesn't say if you're thirsty for righteousness. He doesn't say if you're thirsty to know God. He simply stops right there. If you are thirsty. thirsty. Oh, my gosh. I love that. To those who are listening, I would say what Jesus said. If you will own that thirst, if you will say, I am thirsty, and you will look to him, then Nancy and I won't have to convince anyone of anything, because if you seek him, you'll find him. So Jesus, I mean, his own words, he just said, hey, you thirsty person, look over here, and I will fill you up. So I would just encourage them to do that very thing. Shelly, that I love, I love, love, love that this is where we landed because this is exactly it. It's not about thirsting for religion or, you know, we, and, mm-hmm. you know, we started out talking about it's a new year and, you know, when we talk about the new year, oh yeah, I want to re, you know, revamp my life and mm-hmm. new you and all that. And that, that's great. I think we all kind of want that, but underneath it is we don't. We don't want to live under this constant, okay, I'm going to try and fail, try and fail. You know, it's, it's only so long before my re- resolutions, you know, just kind of peter out. But yeah. what you're talking about is so much different, so much better than self-improvement. This is just, hey, I'm, I'm thirsting. 
period. Yeah, period. I love, I, I actually saw that a couple of weeks ago and I had been meaning to do a Facebook Live and talk about it. And you've, been, you've got me all excited to do that again, um, to stop my, cool my jets at some point today and, and do that because I, I want to like share that message with the world. I love that Jesus didn't say anything beyond thirst. He said, right. are you thirsty? Here I am. And right. I just love that. I want to talk about that until I go to heaven. Oh, yeah, he didn't qualify. And and you know what it just immediately reminded me of? And, you know, I, I'll go real quick down this rabbit trail, and then we'll come back. But, you know, the there was a guy that Jesus called the prodigal son, right? That story about the prodigal son that went off and lived his wild life. What brought him home? You have to go mm-hmm. read the story, people, but and check it out if I'm right or wrong, if I'm just making it up. But the thing that brought him home is that he was he was hungry. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it didn't say mm-hmm. that it didn't say anything beyond that he was hungry so hunger and thirst is what drives us That's back yeah. and the prodigal son didn't say oh i am hungry for the arms of my father to exactly. be a super saint to be wrapped up in him for uh-uh he's like I, I, my belly's empty i need right. something and that's what jesus is saying you got an empty belly try me try me i'll feel it and out of it will flow living water that's it so yeah so you need to do that and we need to tune in and check that out so tell us how we can find you how we can find this book because i think we're only just getting started and i know people are they're they're hungry i know pun intended they're hungry and they're thirsty for more okay all right so connect with me i absolutely love to connect with readers i love to um, bear prayer requests for my readers to heaven so like connect with me you'll find me all over social media shelly rushing tomlinson i'm sure nancy will have that in the notes for this podcast you'll yes, find I will. instagram um on my author account on facebook and Let's say Twitter. You can find me at Shelly T. I tell people all the time, you can even Snapchat me at Snapchat, but I don't know how to do it, so I probably won't Snapchat. back. <laughs> you um, can ask my daughter, yeah, because I don't know yeah. how to do it either. I have an account, but I never do anything about that. But anyway, you can find me at my website, belleofallthingssouthern.com, and hit a contact button and talk to me there. I'm really easy to find, so just Google my name and connect with me. And if you, um, Nancy, I don't know when this is going to air, but if um, if they pre-order, which they can do right now, so I, I don't know, I might be speaking out of school here according to your air date, but if they should pre-order, they can send me a pre-order receipt and get in a big old giveaway that I'm going to awesome. do on the 28th. Awesome. And so just remind us once more when the book launches. That is January the 28th. So like, okay. Tomorrow. All right. Okay. It's coming. It's coming, people. So you can pre-order this book. Start your new year off on an encouraging note with some words of life. Shelly, thank you so much for joining us today. I have so thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Gosh, it's just been a, a treat. Thank you for having me. And you just, I'll come back anytime you invite me. Oh, I want you back. Yeah, because we have more to talk about. And we have, yeah, in fact, um, yeah, next time we come, maybe we'll maybe we'll play another stupid game. We haven't done that one in a while. So. Okay, all right. For I'm, sure. I'm you just let me know. And you have a great big God day. And you as well. God bless. Okay, bye-bye. That's Shelly. She is a delight. Am I right? And guess what? Her book? Finding Deep and Wide is out today, as in right now. 
and you can find it at Shelley Rushing Tomlinson or Bell of All Things Southern. Dot com. They both go to the same place, um, and it's all spelled out in my show notes, and you can find my show notes at isleofmisfits.com. I like to think of it as a clearinghouse for all things delightfully awkward. Really, most of the awkward is me, but you'll find some great podcast interviews and hopefully a few good blog posts here and there and so much more. So, Feel free to check that out, share these podcasts, such good news, and stay tuned because we have more great podcasts coming up, including an exclusive interview with Kyle Mann, none other than the editor of The Babylon Bee. I know. How'd I get him? Well, you'll have to tune in and find out. So until then, I task you with your assignment of owning your awkward, loving on them misfits out there, and most of all keeping your eyes peeled for the beauty and truth that's out there. I promise you, it's out there.